Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Ephesians chapter 4, just two verses today, 11 and 12. I'm going to read two different versions. The first is in the New Living Translation. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility, these church leaders, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. All right? Now I want to read it again, same two verses in the King James. It says this, And He gave some, He being Christ, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints... You're the saints. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I, I don't know if you have noticed this. Jordan pointed this out. We're going we're to pray. But Jordan pointed this out. That there, there seems to be this heaviness here this morning. I don't know if you've noticed this, but very often you can go Monday through Saturday and not feel this weight. But when you walk into church on Sunday morning, it hits you. Has anybody ever noticed that? It just hit you. You're fine. You've been fine the last six days. But now that you're in the presence of the Lord, all of these burdens, all of this weight, all of these cares seem to drop on your shoulders. Can I tell you today that that's not an accident? That's not a coincidence. There is a spirit world that operates. It's just as real, if actually more real than the physical one that we live in. And there is spiritual warfare against anyone who's trying to follow Jesus. And I don't need an amen on that. That's as clear in the word as, as anything is. Okay? So that's just a fact. The more you keep yourself in the dark about that, the more effective that strategy is against your life. You have got to recognize when you're being attacked by the enemy. You've got to recognize when your mindset shifts in the presence of the Lord that the enemy is trying to keep you from something that the Lord has for you. So I don't believe that anybody's here by accident today. I believe that the steps of good people are ordered by the Lord. I believe that if you're here, you're here for a reason. And you're here to, to have the opportunity to worship the Lord in this atmosphere with these people. And you're here to receive the word of the Lord, whatever he sent to you today. So I want to encourage you to push through all of the resistance, all of the static, all of the feelings that have come upon you. And recognize that there is nothing that you're facing that the Lord can't handle. Nothing. Okay? And if you, will, if you will tune yourself in to what the Word has to say to you, what the Spirit is saying to you through the Word of God, then things in your life will begin to change and it will start in your mindset and in your mood. Okay? Everybody that did love me still love me? That's all I needed. All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we get a chance to be in your house today. Thank you that you love us no matter what we're going through. And Lord, I just pray that you would manifest your love for us today by penetrating our hearts with your word, by, by getting our attention through your spirit and speaking into our souls today, into our spirits, the truth that we need to hear that will set us free and change our lives. Lord, I pray that you would raise up an army of believers here at Covenant Life who are passionately pursuing you and your presence and your power that we may see your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that we might see your mission carried out in the name of Jesus we pray and Lord I come against every enemy that would distract 
every enemy that would pervert the truth or deflect the truth. And Lord, I just release a spirit of truth in this place today. To release humility in this place today. That we might receive the word that you have for us. That we hear with ears towards our own hearts and souls before we start deciding who else needs to hear it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. We are continuing a series today called the the On Mission series. It's the fourth message in the series. Uh, And it's focused on getting all of us who are called by God, which is every born-again believer, on the mission that Jesus gave us. What's that mission? To go and do what? Go make disciples, all right? We should be focused on that mission 168 hours a week, not just the one hour that we gather together as the church. Now, last week we talked about uh, mission prep, getting prepared for the mission, getting prepared to carry out what it is that Jesus gave us, which is to go and make disciples. We use the analogy of a military unit getting ready for deployment, getting ready for battle. Uh, We talked about three ways that we should get prepared or prepped for the mission, but there were actually four. And today we're going to talk about the fourth one. We just didn't have time to get into the fourth one last week. Now, I've got to be honest with you. The, uh, the scripture, the focus of the scripture today, the idea behind this message today is really what birthed this whole series. The first three messages or whatever we've done so far is really just setting up where we're going today and from here. I don't say this very often and those of you that have been around for a while can verify this. I feel really strongly that this is the message that God is sending for the people of covenant life. This message is for us. It certainly applies outside because it's the truth. As long as it's the truth, then it's, then it's a universal truth that the Lord sends to everybody. But I want you to know that God laid this message on my heart and the ones that will be related to it that will come after specifically for us Amen. for such a time as this. I feel really that, that strongly about it, and I just wanted to tell you that to say, please don't tune this out. Please don't deflect this. This is for you and for me. Okay? We've read this passage over and over during this series and really in a couple, of, a couple of messages before that, but I narrowed it down to these two verses today in two different translations because I want you to see what the Word says. The job of the church leaders, what some people call the five-fold ministry, is to equip God's people for, to do His work or to perfect or mature the saints for the work of the ministry. We've already established that the word ministry is, it just simply means serving others. Serving others, that's what ministry is. So we're getting ready, we're, we're getting you ready, the saints, to do acts of service for other people as the main strategy for going and making disciples. You, you don't make disciples generally by hitting them over the head with the Bible by, by just wearing them out about sin and every time you see them, you, you minister to people by serving them. Amen. And over time, through our service, our ministry, then they're open, they become more open to the Word, or at least that's the goal, all right? The Word is, the job for us then is to prepare you or equip you or to perfect you But the word that is translated in all those ways and all these different translations is a really interesting word. Now, please don't miss this. This is the whole message, all right? It it does mean to equip. It does mean to perfect or mature. But it's not really talking about training sessions. When you hear about we got to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, it sounds like it's some sort of training thing that we're all going to come and sit down and I'm going to teach you how to, how to speak or how to share your testimony or how to serve in kids' ministry or how to do all those things. It's not really talking about a how-to meeting. It's not really a nuts and bolts kind of discussion about how to serve. There's nothing wrong with learning your craft or learning how to do your calling better. Nothing wrong with that. But I just want you to know that's not the scriptural imperative here in in Ephesians 4. The word doesn't just mean getting everybody ready and getting everybody in the right place. The word actually means to repair. 
to mend, to restore the saints for the work of the ministry, to repair the saints, not just prepare them, repair them for the work of the ministry, to mend them for the work of the ministry. Now that changes the verse a little bit, doesn't it? That changes the job description a little bit. It, it does no good to get people trained and in place if they're broken or wounded or worn out or weary. When a military unit is getting ready to deploy uh, for their mission, they don't just train, they do maintenance. They do maintenance on all the equipment because they don't want to get over there and something break down. They want everything in tip-top condition before they go. The equipment that God is deploying into the front lines of this spiritual battle that we're on is you. You're the equipment. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is among you and in you. He said the mission gets carried out by people. The acts of service, the ministry that he's called us to is done by people. For people. He's raising up an army of people to be servant soldiers. So if the mission is important, and it's the most important mission, then we must be sure that the people who are on mission are ready to be deployed. My biblical mandate is to make sure you're okay before I send you out. If you're broken, I've got to help you get mended. If you're struggling, I've got to help you get repaired. If you're weary or wounded or wandering, I've got to help you get restored. To do otherwise would would risk doing further damage to your soul, and it does no good for the kingdom of God to win one soul at the expense of another. So today's message is called Maintenance for the Mission. Maintenance for the Mission. We all have to get on mission, but not until we are in proper working condition. My job isn't just to tell you how to do what God's called you to do or what he's put in front of you, but to make sure you're at full capacity when you start to do that. I think most of you are sensing over the course of the last few weeks and maybe months that God's doing something here at Covenant Life, that something's going on, there's something in the atmosphere, that that God's birthing something among us. We don't really know what it is. We ain't trying to name it. We don't need to know what it is. That's his business. Our job's just to be faithful, to keep following him, pursuing him, staying humble and obedient. But, But before whatever it is can be birthed in our church or in our personal lives, in our family, in our community, we're going to have to get healthy. We can't just get busy. We got to get healthy. You can't serve if you're sick. You can't run until you rest. You can't work if you're wounded. You can't help till you get healed. If you attempt the mission without the maintenance, you'll experience a breakdown. And when that happens, you'll get focused on your own needs. What happens when you hurt? All you can think about is that pain. All you can think about is where you hurt. And, 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 and you'll fall into the trap of pride and isolation. And that's the opposite of mission prep. The only way to get things accomplished for the glory of God is through what we talked about last week. Humility and unity. So let me ask you today. How are you doing? How are you doing? I don't know that we stop and ask ourselves that very often. We don't spend very much time in the spiritual mirror. How are you? When's the last time you checked? Do you, do you even care? Remember what it is that, the, that Jesus said were the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
right? He said the second one is, is equal to it. You can't do one without the other. He said, he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If there's a problem in the American church, and there is, then part of the problem is we don't love ourselves enough to stop and see if we're even okay. We're going to run ourselves into the ground. Are you okay? I asked this, message, this question uh, a few weeks ago in a message called Those Who Grieve in Zion. And so many of you responded to that message uh, admitting to yourself, some even admitting to me that you're grieving about something and that you're not okay. And that is a wonderful first step. Okay? That's a great first step. You have to admit you're not okay before you can do anything about it. All right? But listen, we have a mission to carry out. Jesus gave us a mission. There is no plan B. The church is it. Either we carry out this mission or it doesn't get done. The mission is important. We've got work to do. It is perfectly fine to say, I'm not okay. But as a child of God, we have to take the next step and ask God to help us get okay. All right? Let me say it this way. It's okay not to be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. It's okay not to be okay. All of us go through that phase. There's parts of our, our lives where we're not okay. That's all right. But it's not okay to stay that way. I've seen people who have gotten not okay, and then they made it their mission in life to be jacked up the rest of their lives. Like, they made that their identity. They were as proud of that as they were about being a child of God. I'm just going to tell you, I'm just messed up. I just got, I'm hurt, and I just, well, for how long? The rest of your life? As your pastor, I'm exercising my God-given prerogative and I'm calling everybody in for maintenance. Just come right on in. Just find an open bay and just park it. All right? Somebody told me last week the Lord had placed a, a word in their heart for me. And, and usually when people say that, it's like a, a thing, like a paragraph or like a thing. It was one word. And it was triage. Triage. Triage is the gateway to getting medical treatment in a mass casualty event, right? Somebody's got to assess the level of care and attention that people need. This, this might be a little strong, but I'm more and more convinced that it's true. The gathering of the American church on Sunday mornings is a mass casualty event. Our vision statement here at Covenant Life says that we can be real. <laughs> and this is the place to be real. Amen. So if we're being our real selves this morning, if our real selves were exposed, some of us would be cut, some of us would be bleeding, some of us would be just flat hemorrhaging. Some of us are in shock spiritually. Some of us are limping. Some of us are bruised. Some of us are broken. Some of us just need some ointment and a Band-Aid. Some of us need a hug, and some of us need surgery. Some of us need transplants. Some of us might need some amputations. You understand what I'm saying? We are not all in the same situation or condition. And in my job is to help you determine what condition you're in and then what level of treatment you need. And the Holy Spirit helps us with that, helps me and you with that, and, and leads us through that. But we have to park it until we can do the maintenance. All through the Bible, God reveals himself as a healer and a restorer, as a provider of rest. You remember the passage that we used a few weeks ago as the foundation for the grief message? I, I want to read it to you again, and then I want to read you the next Verse So uh, if, uh, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against his enemies. 
Now, who is doing the talk? Who's, who's he talking about? Jesus is. Jesus is talking about himself. He said, I, he laid claim to that in Luke chapter 4. He said, this, I'm here to fulfill this today. It was Jesus who was anointed to do all of those things for all of those people in all of those different situations. But now let's read the next verse because it tells you where he's going with it. So verse 3, he says, to all who mourn in Israel, he'll give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Now look at this, in, that was a period, in their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. The end of that verse, that, that last sentence is the goal. Great oaks of righteousness, deeply rooted, strong and steadfast, giving glory to God. That's what Jesus wants for all of us. That's what we look like when we get on mission. But listen to me. You can't become a great oak until you've received the healing and the deliverance that Jesus came to provide. Until you've grieved and mourned the losses that you've experienced. Until you've received beauty for the ashes of your life. Until you've, until you've received the oil of joy. Until your broken heart has been comforted until you've been released and delivered from the chains of bondage in your life. He's not asking you to suck it up and get back to work. We've done enough of that already. That's why we're in the condition we're in. What he's asking us to do is receive the healing that only Jesus can provide. To actually be man enough and woman enough to say, I'm not okay and I'm tired of it. That I'm tired, I, I'm, I'm ready to walk the road to healing, whatever that looks like, so I can be a tree planted by the water. So I can get on mission. And so I can be effective for what God's called me to do. So I can just feel normal again. Somebody who's honest enough and man or woman enough to say, I'm hurt, I'm wounded, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm weary, I'm exhausted, or maybe I'm just plain numb and I don't care anymore. That I need maintenance because I'm not okay. I need to be repaired, restored and mended in the most intimate and personal and spiritual way possible. As I've prayed over you guys and prayed about the messages that God wants me to preach, because I, I, I don't just flip open the Bible and like close my eyes and just touch a verse. I, I, I want to, I mean, it's all good, right? It's all the Word of God, so you, know, you can't miss with good material. But there's some things we need to hear in a certain time frame. And I believe the Lord uses pastors who seek after him to speak into the lives of people who need a word in season. And so that's my goal. I'm not always 100%, but man, that's my goal every week is to give you what you need to hear. And over the, over the course of the last, I don't know how long, how many weeks it's been, when I'm praying over you and I'm, and I'm just, trying to see, just trying to take our pulse and just see how we're doing spiritually, this one image continues to come up in my, in my spirit. And it's a vision that Ezekiel received from the Lord of a valley that is supposed to contain an army of soldiers, but instead is full of human remains, specifically dry bones. And we're going to come back to this passage and we're going to dive into the whole vision, but I want to show you one verse today. I just want to start having this conversation with you. Ezekiel 37 and 11 He said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. And I don't know if you recognize this, but we are spiritual Israel. And he said the people of Israel are saying, we've become old dry bones. All our hope is gone. And our nation's finished. 
I believe the Lord keeps showing me this because he's wanting to raise us up as a mighty army on mission for him. But he can't do that yet because we've neglected maintenance for so long that we've become dry bones. How can we have gotten to this point? Because I know you and you love Jesus. And you want to do the right thing. How is it that we've gotten into this situation? And why is it that we've neglected maintenance for so long? And I, listen, I love you, but, but we talked about it last week. The only answer has got to be pride. You're like, well, I'm not an arrogant person. No, I'm not talking about arrogance. We hear it come out of our mouths. And I've spent decades of my life doing this myself. When you say, oh, I'm fine. When you say, I'm good. I'm okay. Hey, no big deal. It is what it is. Just got to move on. Just got to keep pressing on. What you're saying is, is maintenance is for the weak. Healing is for those other people. But I'm fine. I don't care what lights are flashing on the dashboard. I'm just going to keep driving. That's not strength, y'all. That's pride. I spent probably 45 years of my life doing that mess, thinking that I was spiritual. I was more spiritual than those weak people who have problems and want to talk about it. It's not spirituality, that's religion, that's pride. As if you are the only person on earth that stuff doesn't affect. It's just not a sustainable model. It's not going to work long term. It doesn't scale over the years of your life. And it's not even a godly model. In its simplest form, the maintenance that I'm talking about this morning is simply soul restoration. That's what it is. It's restoring your soul. Does that sound familiar? One of the main images of Jesus throughout the scripture is as the good shepherd. And what is it that Psalm 23 says that the shepherd does for us? He leads us to green pastures and still waters to do what? Restore your soul. This is not a passage for dead people. I don't know why we only talk about Psalm 23 at funerals. This is a passage for the living. The shepherd wants to restore your soul. What is it that Jesus said in Matthew? He said, if you're weary and you're worn out and you're burdened, then come to me and rest. And you'll find rest for your soul. If you're telling me your soul never needs restoration, then Jesus must have been mistaken. He he must be offering services that we don't need. There are things in our lives that dry out our bones and crush our souls. I don't care how strong and manly you are. I don't care what a strong, independent woman you are. To deny that life has an effect on you is a level of self-deception that should frighten you, quite frankly. Any person who attempts to live on mission for Jesus is going to face tribulations and trials because the enemy is going to see to it. When you start to follow Jesus, you put a target on your back. And don't be scared by that, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's not to be scared, but I also don't want you to get surprised when you get hit in the back of the head. Because you don't fight fair. The children of Israel said, in Ezekiel, we've lost all hope. Our nation's finished. And what was on their mind in that moment was the the literal demise of their nation. They were being taken captive and carried off into enemy territory. Their nation was literally ceasing to exist. But they said, we've lost hope. We've lost hope. Let me ask you something. 
When was it that you lost hope? Yeah. She said Thursday. For real, thank you for being honest. I can take you to days and moments of my life when I lost hope. And listen, Jordan talked about finishing well and he... he, you can, do you know you can quit and still be on the course? Just because you're still, your body's still moving does not mean you're still running the race. So don't pat yourself on the back just because you're still coming to church. Some of you lost hope months ago, years ago. Your body's just stumbling forward. When did you lose hope and what caused it? When did you decide that this is just how life's going to be for you from now on? I hear it it come out of people's mouths. I'll never get out of this financial hole I'm in. I'll I'll never trust a pastor again. I'll never, yes, people tell me that. I never trust a pastor again. Thanks. Um. I'll never get a better job. My marriage is always just going to be a struggle. I'll never find a church that's not full of hypocrites. God could never use anybody like me. And it just goes on and on. People who say that have lost hope that anything will ever be different in their lives. And it dries out your bones. Hopelessness dries your bones. You might be surprised to find that the Bible actually talks about other things that dry your bones besides hopelessness. Let me show you one in Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You ever heard somebody say, that situation, that person broke my spirit? You ever had a broken spirit? It's a real thing. When your spirit gets broken and stays broken, in other words, when you refuse to go in for maintenance because you got this and it's okay and it ain't no big deal, it'll dry out your bones to the point that you're no good for the kingdom or anybody else. So what are the things in your life that have broken your spirit from which you've never healed? What are the traumas and the trials and the tragedies that that you're hiding in your past or you're hiding behind your church smiley face mask? Let me show you another one. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4. Some of you are going to think I'm meddling. I'm not meddling. A worthy wife is a crown for her husband, but a disgraceful woman is like cancer to his bones. All right, y'all calm down. It's not about marriage. I don't think it matters whether it's a husband or a wife. Okay? So it's not about that. I don't think it really matters whether it's a husband or a wife or some other significant relationship. The principle's the same when there's a consistently broken or toxic relationship in your life. It will drain the life out of you. And it might be a marriage, or it might be a friendship, or it might be somebody at work, or, or whatever it is. But you have, to, you have to get those things settled in that relationship because it's draining the life out of you and drying your bones. If you don't come in for maintenance, if you don't allow me as your pastor to speak into your brokenness from the Word of God then you will eventually be relegated to life behind the glass. And I want to tell you what I mean by that. You will see what God's doing in other people's lives, but you'll just be a spectator. You're not acting like it's not happening. It's just not happening for you. They might be right in front of you, but it'll feel like a thousand miles away. It'll seem like the freedom that they're walking in is out of reach for you. 
you ever seen somebody's walk with Jesus and you just think, I can't ever get there. I'm, I don't know what, I don't, they must be special. They must have got a different deal than I got because I, I couldn't ever do what they're doing or be where they are, live how they're living. I, I just can't. It, it'll seem like that freedom is out of reach for you. And sometimes it'll seem like the freedom that they're enjoying is offensive to you. It'll make you mad. And then you start talking about, that's just unnecessary. There just ain't no reason for somebody to act like that. There's no reason for anybody, I love Jesus too, but you'll see me. Right? Do you know why that is? Because freedom seems foolish to a person who has no hope. just foolishness you can't afford when you're holding on for dear life because you are out of hope you can't afford the extravagance of freedom you can't even entertain the thought and to see that other people can do that is offensive so I just want to I want to tell you today If you're a a believer, if you're a born-again child of God, if you are following Jesus, no matter how far away you might be from him right now, if you have Jesus, you always have hope because he is hope. He is hope. He is hope. He doesn't just bring hope. He doesn't just show up with some hope in his pocket. The fact that you are in relationship with him is the hope that you need. He is the hope. Just like he is love. He doesn't just love you. He is love. Jesus didn't just come to give us life. He came to give us an abundant, victorious, overcoming, healthy life. Where there, but where there's no hope, there's no joy. And where there's no joy, there's no strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hopelessness dries our bones, but God wants to bring back the joy in your life. When's the last time you even you walked in joy, even for a few minutes? God wants to bring back laughter to you. God wants to bring back freedom to you. He wants to bring back victory to you. He wants to bring back the love in your relationship with him. He wants the glass gone in your life. He wants the glass gone in our church. Unresolved pain and ignored maintenance is a transparent glass cage. Everything seems fine until you realize you're not going anywhere. John, why can't you just leave us alone? (laughs) Just leave me alone. Because church is not a spectator sport. It's not. It was never intended to be. We've turned it into Christian entertainment. And if I could figure out a different design for the church where we're not up front and you're down there, I'd do that. Because it implies that the important stuff is happening up here. And that you just come and watch cool stuff happen up here. Listen, we don't have to redesign and reconstruct the church for us to come to the understanding that what we do as a church, we all have to do as a church. It's not a spectator sport. This isn't a stage from which we perform. It's a platform that we try to lead all of us together. We should all worship. We should all receive the word. We should all apply the word. We should all serve But until the glass comes down, we'll never get where God wants us to go. It'll divide and destroy our church. Intimacy with Jesus, freedom, is not just for the special people. 
It's not just for the people up front. It's for you. It's for everybody. He's calling you to come from behind the glass to him. He's calling you from beyond the glass to worship him. But that requires a level of honesty and a level of of abandon that's not possible as long as you're in self-protection mode. What do you do when you hurt yourself? What do you do when you hit your thumb with a hammer? Uh, besides what you say, I mean, what do you do? You grab it and you cover it and you pull it into yourself because it hurt. And the last thing you want is more pain, especially in a place that already hurts. And we do the same thing emotionally and spiritually. When something hurts, we grab it, we hide it, we protect it, we keep it from everything that might cause it harm. But in doing so, we also keep it from the, from the healing that needs to take place, from the cleaning, from the restoration, from the care. If you never pull the thumb back out, you can't ever do anything to help it. It's self-protection mode. And it may, have become, it may have started as a wall to protect yourself, but it becomes a cage real quickly. There is so much that I believe God has for us to do at Covenant Life. Ways to carry out the mission. Ways for you to find it, what it is that God created you for. Ways to serve our community. Ways to serve our world. But we've got to submit to the maintenance for the mission. We've got to get healed. We've got to get restored and repaired and mended. And it starts with honesty. It starts with honesty. Being honest with yourself and honest with God. That you're in need of maintenance. And listen, not just now, but on a regular basis. You won't ever talk to anybody who's got a an engine that lasted 250,000 miles, and they said, yeah, it was, it's been a great car. I changed that oil one time. <laughs> well, you ain't got no oil anymore. You got sludge. You circulating sludge, Bubba. Amen. Don't turn it off. <laughs> it ain't never going to crank again. So what does maintenance look like? I just want to make this real practical before we pray and close. Well, what do you do? What happens when you take your car in for, to the shop? What do they do now? They run diagnostics. First thing they do. Like, don't, you don't even bother to take it to a shop that doesn't have a computer because they got to plug it in and run the diagnostics. They hook it up to a computer, and they find out all the systems that aren't running right. Let me show you what that equivalent is for us spiritually. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God. Run the diagnostics on me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. That's step one for maintenance. It's you admitting to the Holy Spirit that something's not right. What is it? You, you mechanical people, you hear people come to you and they say, it's just not running right. No, what's wrong with it? I don't know. Something's just off. Oh, good. Well, thanks. That's why they invented diagnostics because they can't make heads or tails out of that. you admitting to the Holy Spirit something's just off it's just not right and you want him to search you run diagnostics on you and discover what it is and then what do you do then when he brings something to your attention be willing to dive into it and find the root of the pain please don't play this off please don't act like this doesn't apply to you because if you're human and you're breathing it applies to you Something is draining the life from your bones. Something is draining the power and the worship and the victory that we're supposed to be walking in. Now is the time to find it. So here's what I want you to do. At least twice this week, I want you to pray that prayer from the psalmist David, from King David. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. And if that's all you get is that one line, that's cool. Pray that and then sit there and be quiet. Amen. 
Is that not terrifying? Right? Sit there and be quiet for 15 minutes. If that's impossibly long for you, try five. Try 90 seconds. Just do something. Pray the prayer and hush. When you ask the Lord a question, the polite thing is to wait for his response. Didn't y'all mama raise y'all better than that? That's where maintenance starts. Ask him and hush. Just do it for as long as you can stand it. If you want to listen to music, that's fine. Listen, I'm, don't make this a religious ritual. You have to assume the position and play the right song. Stop. It's, it's not about that. Just get alone with God and focus on yourself and on what's going on in your body and in your mind. Don't pray about anything else, anybody else. Don't pray for mom and them. This is you and Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to search you and show you the sources of your pain, the ways in which the enemy is dehydrating you. Show you the glass cage that might be around yourself. There's one other resource that I use from time to time. and You can download it on your phone. It's called the Pause app. And the little logo is just white with two little vertical lines, right? Pause. It's from John uh, Eldridge's ministry. I don't care if you like John Eldridge or read any of his books. doesn't matter. He's got a cool app that you can use. There's different lengths of time, but it just walks you through. Um, what is it? Diaz, like 60 seconds is the shortest, and then there's like three minutes and five minutes and ten minutes or whatever. So whatever you got time for. And it just walks you through calming your mind, calming yourself down, and thinking about the things of the Lord. That's all there is. Not mind control, okay? So don't get weird on me. It's not anything like that. It's been good for me to slow my ADD brain down. And perhaps it would help you too. In the coming weeks, I'm just going to tell you now, I'm going to poke around in some sore spots. Y'all are about as excited as I thought you'd be. Um, the Bible addresses things that happened in the nation of Israel that contributed to them losing hope and having their bones dried out. Injustice, violence, spiritual abuse, the corruption of the priesthood, people with just empty religious habits. And let me tell you something, those things are still happening today. We have to talk about church hurt. We have to talk about spiritual abuse, abusive pastors. We have to talk about other forms of abuse as well. We have to talk about rule following and church attendance as a substitute for a real relationship with Jesus. We have to talk about painful things that have happened to us in the past because the poison of the past is still circulating in our spiritual bloodstream and it's drying out our bones. It's time to talk about them. It's time to get healed from them. It's time to come in for maintenance. It's time to stop hiding. It's time to stop being bound by shame. I'm telling you, there's no reason to be shameful because just about every one of these things, every one of us deals with at some level. But I can tell you this, your secrets are making you spiritually sick. You cannot hide an infection. It will show up somewhere in your body. Stop allowing the enemy to operate in the darkness. It's time to expose him to the light. And the light is Jesus. It's time to prepare your heart to be healed. Y'all stand with me, please. know that the Holy Spirit is already speaking to some of you and that some of you already know what the problem is and so I just you don't have to wait for three more messages or whatever Holy Spirit already tells you then listen and do what he tells you okay but if you don't know if you're just like I, I, I'm not sure but I'm open 
Like if you say it's time to come in for maintenance, I'm coming. I'm going to park it. But I don't know where I'm starting. That's cool. Start with that prayer. Search me, O God. And know my thoughts. Okay? I'm just, I want to pray over you. This altar is open. They're going to sing a song. We'll be dismissed together in just a minute. But I want to pray over you first. And then you come and pray whatever the Lord's leading you to pray about, about this or about anything else in your life, okay? Bow your heads with me, please. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is, um, is a sword that penetrates our very innermost being. That it, your word says it divides soul and spirit. It, it can divide actions and motives. It, it, it is sharper than anything else in existence, and I thank you for that. And I thank you that your word um, is real life, that it speaks to the real issues that we deal with. God, I thank you that you didn't raise us up and call us to be robots, but the fact that Jesus took on flesh and dwelt among us tells me that he knows what it's like to walk the road that, we've, that we're walking now. He knows what it's like to be hurt. He knows what it's like to be wounded. He knows what it's like to be tired. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to surrender ourselves to you right now. That we would come in for maintenance. That, that those who need a Band-Aid would get a Band-Aid. And those who need surgery would get surgery for as long as it takes, as quick as it is. Whatever it is, God, I pray that you would just get us in top running condition for the work that you've prepared for us before we ever got saved. Thank you for what you're doing. I humble myself before you now, Lord, and just ask you continue to do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.